You are listening to the Oracle of Light podcast. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon, spiritual medium, death and grieving expert. I offer individual one-on-one sessions, private coaching, and I've just released my new program, Growing Up in Heaven. It is a seven-step proven process that will ensure that you are connecting with and communicating with your son or daughter on the other side. Check out my website for all the details, livealifeyoulove.org. How to recognize your grief triggers, step by step. Grief triggers can be best described as sudden reminders that your child has died. And these reminders generate powerful emotional responses within you. It's almost like a tsunami that sort of comes over a person. Dealing with grief triggers may result from even unexpectedly encountering certain situations that remind you of your child who has died. And these reminders, again, will elicit such strong emotions that it may feel like you're, you're going back into your grief. You just, it just, again, it feels like this wave of grief that can come over you. You may experience anger or rage, sudden bursts of crying, confusion, or even deep sorrow. And when we're taken aback by something as strong as, or as emotional as a grief trigger, you may be wondering, what just happened? I, th- I thought I was okay with this. I was fine a few minutes ago. What just happened? I know that that's what I experienced. I would, I would get so triggered and it would just, it would almost be instantaneous. It was like, I, I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't get a hold of it. I didn't even know what it was when it was happening. And now for those of you who don't know me, I lost my son Jack eight years ago. And to this day, I am still triggered every now and again. And it doesn't happen as often. And I'm able to recognize it quickly. And I'm able to, um, you know, course correct or rectify it, or I'm, I'm able to soothe, soothe my central nervous system. I'm able to calm things down and regulate my emotions so that it's not as intense. It's not as um, overpowering. It, it doesn't become all consuming for me. There was, um, there was a time when I couldn't drive by uh, playgrounds. I just, I could not see groups of children. Um, even seeing pregnant women, uh, that would trigger me. I mean, for any women out there who are listening, who have had miscarriages, um, you know, seeing, you know, seeing a pregnant woman would, would trigger me. Um, women who have had stillborn births, um, same thing, you know, it's, it's, I believe it's, it's just part of the grieving process that these triggers come up and, As we go through this episode, I'm going to share with you how to recognize them and help you to understand what they are and give you some ideas as to how to navigate things when, when you are triggered. I used to hate being triggered. It would just, oh, something would set me off. Something would upset me. 
and it was just like I just was totally taken off my path and it was so upsetting and I would just get so angry and frustrated and I would think I was done with this why does this keep happening and and it was just part of the grieving process and whenever I am triggered I sit with it I allow it I don't beat myself up over it I allow the emotions, the feelings, the memories. I allow all of it. I just give it space to be whatever it needs to be. And then it'll start to dissipate for me. It's when I try to shut it off or shut it down or push it away that it would become even worse. Now, how do people manage grief triggers? Let's look at what they are to begin with. Grief triggers are anything that causes you to go back into mourning or grieving without warning. They are sudden and they can be intense feelings of distress, pain, even sorrow. And some of the more common triggers are milestone dates like birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. And although... You know, you may think in your mind, okay, you know, you anticipate that these days are going to be incredibly tough. They're going to be incredibly difficult. You may not fully understand until you're actually in these, these moments when you're triggered. It's, it's like preparing for something that there's really no way to prepare yourself. But rather, when you have the awareness of, of when you are triggered and you're gentle and kind with yourself and you find ways to self-soothe then again they're not as they're not as as painful and you won't you won't be as you won't be impacted as as you won't be impacted as as deeply the most common example of a grief trigger is um are definitely the milestones so if you, you know, think, you know, for me, every year around the same time that I lost Jack, um, the weeks leading up to it, I just sort of have this dread and I don't know how I'm going to handle it. And I think, you know, am I going to be triggered and it's going to be, is it going to be a different trigger and, you know, what's going to happen and is it, you know, am I going to want to stay in bed all day? What's going to happen? And so I've, I've sort of prepared myself over the years that, yeah, it's, it's coming up. And on that day, I try to not schedule too much. Um, I plan to be active in nature. Um, I may sleep in, I may cry, I may journal. Um, I may, you know, go into a meditation and connect with my Jack. And I've found that there are different things that I can do to soothe my emotions and just kind of calm things down so that I can... I can better navigate that, you know, there are all those firsts, the first Christmas, the first birthday. I mean, there's so many different milestones. And again, these are the most common triggers where you're, you know, where you will experience sadness over your loss. And you may even think that you had your grief under control. So again, special occasions, anything that's special um, can can cause that significant pain when you've lost a child and they are just reminders that are coming to the surface again it's just it's another opportunity for us to heal it's you know i used to say 
that our healing was like an onion. We were peeling back layers. And then I heard, I overheard someone share this. Uh, I, I can't recall who it was, but it was just so brilliant. Um, maybe it was on a podcast. Uh, she had said, think of healing as, as peeling the layers of an artichoke because eventually you get to the heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same thing with our triggers. Same thing with our grief. When we are triggered, it's an invitation for us to have deeper healing. It's an invitation for us to, to look at that wound and to be very gentle with ourselves. And it truly is an opportunity for us to heal on a deeper level. Another example of a grief trigger could be a favorite song or music. If there were um, songs or music that reminded you of your child or that perhaps your child sang or your, your child was um, musically inclined, you know, hearing that music, that can be a grief trigger. If there were songs that you sang to your children, again, that can trigger all of those different emotions. Even, even hearing songs on the radio, um, you know, sometimes there are songs that I hear and it's just, it's like they're, they're talking directly to me and it brings up all sorts of different emotions. It brings up a myriad of different emotions. Another example of a grief trigger could be smells or sounds. So something like the sound of children playing can bring back that feeling of grief over your loss. It can be children laughing can be another trigger. It can be overhearing a conversation of, you know, two expectant moms talking about how excited they are and what they're going to name their babies and, and, you know, if they've finished their nesting and, and what that looks like. Those can be triggers as well. Different smells. Do you know how um, when children are outside playing all day and they come in and they smell like outside? That I've heard uh, that was that's been a trigger for several clients over the years. They've lost older children, and that smell reminds them of their child. Lost opportunities is a huge grief trigger. These lost opportunities are. They can be vacations. They can be watching your child grow up. They can be all of those dreams that you have of, of your child, regardless of what age your child crossed over. What people don't understand is that you're not just grieving. You're not just grieving their death. You're grieving what would have been, what might have been, what could have been. You're grieving the dreams that you had for your family. You're grieving um, what it, what that child would have been like with other siblings in the family. You're grieving having maybe a, a complete family with your spouse. You're grieving the miracle of life that you were so, so excited for. You're grieving watching that child grow up. You're grieving watching that child step into their greatness and and find true love and and you know have all those firsts you know their first kiss and um their first heartbreak and succeeding and winning and failing and becoming resilient becoming the best version of themselves 
there are so many lost opportunities that mothers and fathers will grieve after their child has died. Now here are some steps for recognizing your grief triggers. Something that I like to remind people of or share with people is that after you lose a child, your life and your reality are not the same. I know that I'm not the same person that I was before I lost Jack. I'm just not. Grief and loss changes a person. I believe I believe that loss and grief and sorrow and heartbreak, I believe that I believe that there are so many gifts for us in in navigating all of those emotions and all of those feelings that we're able to we're able to tap into an inner reservoir of resilience and strength and grace and hope and faith we're able to tap into so much love as we navigate all the different emotions and feelings and thoughts and everything that comes along with grieving the loss of a child. I like to, I like to have, when I, when this comes up in client sessions, um, I welcome clients to start to notice certain things that set off their grief responses. Because a lot of the times it just happens so quickly and we're not even sure what happened. And so I invite you to become curious. If you do become triggered, just become curious about what it was. Was it a sound? Was it something someone said? Was it a memory that flashed through your mind? Um, was it a, a milestone? Did you see something, hear something? What was it that the trigger, what was it that triggered your grief? And there are so many different emotions that can be unexpectedly brought about when we're triggered. And that can range from anger, anxiety, feeling guilty, crying. You know, we could have, you know, a lack of, of, of mo motivation. Like we just don't want to do anything. We just, ugh, we're just lethargic. It's like there's no spark, there's no zest, there's no va-va-voom in life anymore. And I get that. I was there. It can feel like we're depressed, we're hopeless, we're just utterly heartbroken and devastated. We can also feel intense loneliness. People often don't know what to say. There was a previous podcast I did about what to say when, you know, when someone's grieving the loss of a child. Losing a child is one of the most difficult things to experience. It truly is. It's, it can become all-encompassing. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve when you've lost a child. And that grief and that hurt, that sorrow, it becomes a part of you. It's, it's woven within every aspect of you. And it doesn't go away it does become easier and easier with time. One of the simplest things you can do to help recognize uh, when a grief trigger is approaching is to be aware of special days on the calendar. 
If it's the date that you lost your child, it's being aware of that. If it's, um, you know, Christmas or any other holiday, then being aware of that and then starting to really question what sort of support you need. Do you need extra support from your spouse or your partner or your friends? Is there a counselor or someone that you work with, a healer? Do you need to spend time in nature? What is it that, what is it that you can do? Um, you know, I have to refer to that we all have a spiritual toolbox. I believe we all have a grief toolbox as well. What is it that, that you can do for yourself when those special days are, are approaching? The most important thing is to identify the triggers because once you're aware of them, you're be better able to deflect the onset of grief. You're able to get a handle on it before it, it becomes all consuming. And usually it's something that uh, may have caused you to remember an obscure detail of your baby, your child. You know, like um, maybe they had a cowlick, you know, in their hair or... Um, you know, they had a birthmark or they had little uneven toes or there's just some sort of physical characteristic. Even those can be uh, grief triggers. Absolutely. The most important thing is to accept your feelings. Trying to hide how you really feel and be strong and, and push past it is only going to prolong the grief process. There is a grieving process that um, most people experience all of these different different um, stages of grief. I mean, there's shock. There's um, you know bargaining. You know, maybe I could have done something sooner. Um, there's intense sadness that can lead to depression. There's anger. Could be anger and rage. And eventually we get to acceptance. We don't like that our child isn't here in the physical, but we eventually come to accept that. We don't have to like it, but we come to accept it. And it's so important to acknowledge these emotions when, when you're triggered. Because again, they will seemingly come out of nowhere. And in time, in time, it will become like second nature for you to feel, accept, and let go of these waves of grief. You won't get stuck in them. And they're very much like the ebb and flow of the ocean. And when you can anticipate what triggers you, then you'll be able to sort of expect that you perhaps might be triggered, anticipate the next one, and then you can sort of brace yourself for it. Sort of prepare yourself for it. Something that I always love to do is um, I've always had a, a special place. Again, grief triggers usually come out of nowhere. And you may not be able to plan for each instance, but you can always, you know, make sure that you have a safe place to go and be alone. It could be a closet, a quiet space in the home. It could be in nature. It could be um, you know, with a support group, whatever that looks like for you. It could even be in your car. There's a beautiful place called Elbow Falls near my home in Calgary, Canada. And 
I would go there. The early years, the the early years when I was really grieving Jack, I just had to get out of the city energy and I just needed to be in nature. And I loved going out there because there wasn't cell service. So it was like I was literally unplugged from everyone and everything. And I just gave myself that time to really acknowledge my grief and my sadness and my pain and and not push it away and not try to hide the tears and be happy and and I just I let the tears fall I would pack I would grab a box of Tina I would grab a box of Kleenex and maybe grab a journal something to write with I would grab water maybe some snacks and I would go and I would go and you know sometimes I was there for hours I would sit by the river I would look for my heart rocks I would just sit there and cry. Other times I would just sit there in the stillness and just sit there. And I think it's really important to have a special place that you can go when you've been triggered. Sometimes that isn't always possible. And maybe we do need to uh, brush the tears aside and just get on with the day and you know handle our responsibilities and put a brave face on. But it's always very important to give your time Give yourself time to acknowledge and work through the different emotions. It's really important to pay attention to what your what your inner conversation is when you've, you've been triggered because sometimes we don't even realize how harsh we can be with ourselves. Oh, just get over it. It's not a big deal. Not this again. No, we're not doing this. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's not a big deal. Instead, you could reframe that into, wow, I've been triggered. I'm going to be gentle with myself. Whew, I'm going to figure out what I need and I'm going to be really gentle with myself. Um, I'm hurting. My heart hurts. I feel like crying. Just be really gentle with yourself and... I always used to say, everything is figureoutable. I'm going to get through this. I am going to get through this. And in time, you will be able to anticipate and minimize your grief triggers by strategically planning as you go about your daily activities. Now, whenever I'm triggered, as usually I'll see a little boy who would be Jack's age, who looks like Jack on the other side, and I'll get choked up. And I, you know, my heart may start pounding and I start to feel my eyes fill up and um, you know, my, my throat catches and, oh, I just, I feel it. And it's like, I just acknowledge it. I always say to myself, whenever I start to get triggered, Jack's safe. He's safe. He's on the other side. My loved ones have him. He's safe. It's okay. It's okay. I've got this. And just acknowledging it so that it doesn't get stuck. Sometimes I would just feel so fearful and so anxious and when grief anxiety is triggered, it's usually a sign that you found yourself in an uncomfortable position. Maybe somebody has said something or um, you, you, forgot, you forgot that you were triggered about something and you've had a quiet moment and it's just all come flooding back to you. And again, you don't have to be brave. You can... Give yourself that space to work through it and let those feelings come up and let them come through you and, and dissipate. It's when we have these emotions and we stuff them down and we don't allow them 
that's what really starts to impact us even more. And so if we can find a way to safely let ourselves feel it and release, that is so important. I used to remember sometimes it would just get, it would just become this overwhelming tsunami before I understood what was going on. And I would get in the car and I would start driving and I would just start crying. I'd just start crying as I was driving and I would get to wherever I was going and I would sit and I would just cry and cry. And then pretty soon it would start to subside. And I would blow my nose, dry my eyes. And then probably book a Reiki session or something (laughs) to top up my energy. And then I would get back on with my day. And it's really, really important to realize that um, as you sort through your grief, that whenever you feel hopeless, that's a time to reach out. Perhaps it's therapy or counseling or a healing session. There's so many different options for you to get the help you need. And it's so important to have these different resources available to you when you're feeling hopeless and unable to cope. The pain and loss can seem overwhelming. I know firsthand losing a child is unlike any other loss, any other loss. And there's no time frame that works for everyone. Everyone's grief process is different. You know, typically they've said, um, you know, I've, I've researched different grief counselors and they've said typically a grief cycle, a normal grief cycle will last from a few weeks up to a year. I've met moms and dads who are still grieving years and years after they've lost their children. The important thing is that you don't get stuck there. You don't have to stay in suffering. Suffering is a choice. And that's not to minimize anyone's loss whatsoever. But we have a choice every day when we get up. We can choose to stay in suffering or hurt or hanging on to old stories or blame or anger. We're choosing all of those things, whether we're aware of it or not. And we can start to choose something different. I choose to feel better. I choose to reach out to someone today. I choose to get more help for myself. I choose to be kind to myself. And it's so important to recognize your grief triggers because that's half the battle. And once you know why you're feeling the way you are, you can then figure out what you need to do and start to find solutions that will help you to get back on track, that will help you to navigate your grief, help you to find meaning and purpose in your life again. And so everything that this has brought up and let down for everyone who's listening, let's do story and delete it all across all ways, spaces, times, mentions, or realities. And for those of you who are new to me, that is a an energy clearing. Anytime that I'm watching the energy as I'm, I'm channeling these episodes, it's like an... Inf- um, infinity symbol it's like the number eight on its side the infinity symbol and i'm looking and if i see a break in the energy at any point i will run a clearing statement what i just said and it will clear any of the energies that are coming up that are that are ready to be cleared and it only clears things that are not helpful that are not a contribution to us leaves everything that is good intact that's the best way i can describe it 
I send you mountains of love. And really, I, I invite you to just start to witness what's triggering you. When you do get triggered, what triggers you, uh, what helps. Um, start to look back on what's triggered you. Is it something that someone has said? Is there a conversation you need to have? Is it someone that who can't hold space for you, for your grief? Um, is it a time? Is it, um, you know, is it the milestones? Is it a smell? Like, what is it? I invite you to really start to figure out what is triggering you, what's triggered you, and then what can you do to get yourself back on track? And again, if you need help, reach out. There's so many resources for grief and loss online, grief support groups, counselors, so many beautiful options. And if you need any additional assistance that I may offer, please check out my website at livealifeyoulove.org. I work online with clients around the world. And if you'd like to learn how to connect with your child as they grow up in heaven, check out my program, Growing Up in Heaven. It is from my heart to yours. I send you mountains of love, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.